When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Mikey Garcia. I am a four-division champion from Featherweight to uh, Junior Walterweight. My name is Earl Smith Jr., and I hold the IBF Fourth-Weight Championship. Mikey Garcia, um, he's a great fighter. He's undefeated, 39-0, four-division champion, so I'm very excited to fight him. I'm 39-0 with 30 knockouts. He is 24-0, 21 knockouts. I'm thinking I'm the biggest challenge. You know, I'm fighting a man who a lot are fearing. He does possess, I think, 90-some knockout percentage. <laughs> Moving up from lightweight all the way to welterweight. So it's going to be one of those fights where you're definitely going to see some tough exchanges. I think fans like watching me fight because I'm not afraid to mix it up in the inside, outside. When I have my opponents hurt, I basically go for the kill so i start off a little slower maybe a little more patient counter punching but uh, eventually i turn it up and turn that switch on and it's on you know with me do i want to win but i think just the people who spent the time and you know their effort to back me into my dream that's what pushed me to be great and that's what pushed me to win even my kids too i think what inspires me and, and motivates me is just the love from the fans I am where I'm at because of them. I always want to give him a good fight. We're both undefeated. He's at his best. I'm at my best. It's going to be one of those matches to, to remember. Welcome, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast. It's Sean Basto, your host here, as always. And today, it's just going to be myself. Unfortunately, we've not got no Jordy Neal for a couple of weeks. He will be back in the game in a few weeks' time. So, this is the preview for Errol Spence Jr. versus Mikey Garcia. And before we get into the episode, as always, it's been a couple of weeks since you've last heard from us. So, if you've not heard of us, I know this is the first time you're listening, what are you doing? Get over and follow us on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod, on Facebook, BTR Boxing Podcast. Follow us on all the good available podcasting apps like Apple, like Android's Podbean, like Stitcher, Player FM, Castbox, even the Eat Sleep Boxing Repeats YouTube channel. We're everywhere. Find us, subscribe to us, share the episodes around when they go out. And we really, really appreciate it, as always. And just before we continue and get into this preview episode, I've also got to give a big shout-out to the sponsors for the podcast, which is Bear Attack Boxing. Now, since the last time you would have heard an episode, Bear Attack Boxing have now brought out their own branded hand wraps to go along with their boxing gloves. So it's another great, high-quality product that they're providing to customers. So you need to go over and have a look at their website and check them out at www.bearattackboxing.com at boxing.co.uk at attack boxing on twitter and bear attack boxing on facebook and instagram as well so just before i start the episode i obviously want to just address the fact we've not been on the air for a couple of weeks and i really wanted to just let everybody know what's been going on in the background really so nothing too major so nothing to get worried about and you all know that myself i i run 
the eSleep Boxing Repeat platform. And for those who don't, obviously this is the first time you're hearing the episode or your first time you're hearing me speak about it. We have a platform called eSleep Boxing Repeat, which is our main media platform. We have a website, which is eSleepBoxingRepeat.com, and we're all over social media. Now, we've got various reporters up and down the UK covering shows for us. And last two weeks have been a bit of a situation for me personally where I felt like I've needed to take a couple of days off here and there to kind of set myself back and regain focus on on what I'm trying to achieve with our media outlet and a big shout out to all the guys that cover the shows for us because they've been doing an absolute fantastic job so big shout out to all you guys you know who you are so I wanted to refocus and get back into it and really start to push on with the podcast this year and get some more great interviews on there and some of the various episodes we've still got two episodes of legendary nights to bring out to you so i'm really excited to get them out but yeah that's the reason for the absence really and and the reaction shows and the weekend shows uh, just needed a little break and and you know it's hard trying to cover the the whole media platform and the podcast and i work full-time as well for those who don't know that i do i work full-time i have children i have a family to look after so sometimes that little bit of a break is needed to like i say reset your mindset and get yourself refocused on the goal that you're looking to achieve in life so enough of me waffling on telling you my life story let's talk about what we're here to talk about today which is Errol Spence Jr and Mikey Garcia a fight which probably not a lot of people was expecting to happen before it was announced and when it was announced uh, some of the greatest memes that I've seen were going around social media Uh, the the way they'd photoshopped the height difference between Spence and uh, Garcia was unbelievable and it was I know it's a bit of an exaggeration and obviously there is differences uh, physically in this fight going into it and I'll talk about that throughout the course of the episode but it is a great fight for boxing isn't it really when you think about the fights that we want to see and the news of Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder not fighting again and the rematch of that not happening and people getting disappointed about Jarrell Miller and Joshua and and all the other fights that are happening where people are thinking you know this is this isn't great this is not what I wanted this fight I think will deliver on on a very good level and I'm going to go into sort of my breakdown as to why I feel this is going to be a, a great fight. Now, obviously, for UK-based fans, we know Spence from coming over and defeating Kell Brook, which was, for me, probably the last great fight Kell Brook was involved in before his eye socket got injured again on the other side. And for Spence, it was his coming out party, especially to the UK fans, because we'd heard about him, we'd heard the name, Errol Spence Jr. We thought, "Mm, this is an American talent, you know, is he going to be any good? Is he going to live up to the hype? And so far, he really is living up to the hype. And you've got to look at what he's done so far in his career. Obviously, once he beat Kell Brook, he's since gone on to beat Lamont Peterson, who... I would say he's probably past his best at the time he's fought him last year. But he defended that IBF welterweight title. He defended it against an unbeaten Carlos Acampo in June last year. And now he's back to defend it against an undefeated 39-0 lightweight moving up to welterweight to fight him. So he, he, he obviously needs to get these big fights now. And this is a big fight. This is the next big fight we're you know, we looking forward to seeing him in. But if you look down the rest of Spence's record, he actually has some real good 
names on his resume. You've had the likes of Chris Algieri, Leonard Bundu, you've had Phil LeGreco, Chris Van Herden, Samuel Vargas. You know, there's a few good names on that record. So he has actually had a decent development throughout the course of his career to get him to this point. And what I've seen of him so far... I am excited to see him in these big fights and this is why I'm excited to see this fight because I know that Mikey Garcia, although he's coming up through the weights to get to the welterweight limit, the guy is a relentless fighter. He's got a non-stop engine for 12 rounds and I don't think from what I remember and what I've seen of Spence, he has actually been in there with somebody who has got that type of an engine who will not back away. Now, it's going to be down to Spence to be able to use his physical attributes to try and keep Garcia off. And that would be the ideal game plan. I mean, if I was obviously in Spence's corner, I, you know, I'm no recognised trainer by any stretch of the imagination. I think I've got the ability to read a fight quite well at times. If I was Spence's trainer or in his corner, you'd be saying to him, you know, to keep him on the end of that jab, set up the right hand, left hook to the body. That's what you'd want to see. But with Garcia, obviously he's smaller, but this could work to his advantage in this fight. He could get underneath the jab, of Errol Spence and he could get on the inside and, and pepper the body and put the combinations in, work his way up to the head and get them shots off. Now we know Garcia has got a great record and a 39-0 and record and that's something that needs to be addressed I think in the episode. I think we need to discuss about Mikey Garcia because he obviously had a lengthy layoff from 2014 to 2016. We thought that might affect him in the ways it has affected other fighters but he's come back and he's since beat Zlatikarnin for the WBC lightweight title he beat Adrian Broner be unanimous decision he beat the undefeated Sergei Lipinets he's beaten Robert Easter Jr and now he's got Errol Spence now the Robert Easter Jr fight is quite the interesting one because Easter Jr was quite big at lightweight in terms of he's quite gangly he's got this sort of frame about him you know, similar to Spence's and although he was not naturally as big as Spence, Garcia has been in with someone with that same sort of awkwardness to, to them in the body type and the body shape. And I think that fight with Robert Issa Jr. will have put him in good stead for this particular fight with Spence. And I think that's going to have really given him the confidence to feel like he can go in there against Spence and be able to work his way in on the inside and get them shots off to be able to hurt Spence. Obviously, we've not really seen Spence hurt too much from what, again, what I recall. I stand to be corrected on that comment, but I haven't seen much of him getting hurt and I think he's got quite a good poker face. So, when you think about how this fight is going to go down, you think about the natural physical weight advantage for Spence and like I said earlier, the memes going around social media about the height differences and, you know, we've seen people like Amir Khan go up to fight Canelo and get absolutely sparked. We've seen Golovkin and Kell Brook, which was, uh, you know, a huge weight difference and, it, you know, it made a damaging, lasting effect, I believe, on Kell Brook's career. But will this be the same with Garcia and Spence? I don't think it will. People out there will, will say, well, you know, he's he's coming up two weights, he's not got the advantages over him. I know this. I know this fact. However, I think there's a difference in terms of levels when you're stepping up in weight. You know, you think about the comparisons that I've just referred to. Brook against Golovkin in terms of levels. Golovkin, naturally, 
and technically it was a level above Brook anyway. So if they would have fought at the same way, would that have been the same outcome? Quite possibly. Think about Canelo versus Khan. If they would have fought at welterweight, would it have been the same outcome? It probably would have been, because Canelo's technically a better boxer overall. And I think Garcia, although Spence probably just edges in terms of boxing ability, I think Garcia has all the tools and all the stamina in that tank to be able to grind somebody down like Spence. Now, when you think of the Kell Brook-Spence fight, there was moments in that fight where I felt Kell Brook was taking advantage of it and showing a few little flaws in the defence of Spence, and I think that's where you're going to expect Garcia to try and exploit. But will Spence have tightened up? Will he have looked at all the tapes and will his trainer will have looked at all the tapes of Garcia and looked at where Garcia is essentially going to come in for attack and that's that's the beauty of this sport is because we don't know until fight night until the opening bell goes what sort of a game plan we're going to expect from both men I am genuinely genuinely excited for this fight I think it's a brilliant fight after the some of the mismatches and some of the disappointments of announcements that we've had recently this is actually a great fight to be getting into and also because I'm a UK supporter or UK support UK based <laughs> watcher of the telly I get to watch it on ITV4 for absolutely no money whatsoever so I'm absolutely chuffed that I'm not paying the $70 or whatever it is that the USA fans have got to pay I'm chuffed that we've been able to secure this fight on terrestrial TV for us so this is fantastic news and people should be getting behind that fact because we're all moaning, I'm going off on a tangent here by the way, we're all moaning about the fact that there's too many pay-per-view fees, but yeah, already in the space of a couple of months we've had these great fights that have come through, you've had the Broner and Pacquiao, you've had the, the Furman and Lopez and now you're getting this and it's free and you're not paying for it, this quality of fight is you know, is outshining some of the shit that we're getting from Matchroom on the Saturday nights, which is disappointing to say, and again, is 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 obviously something we can talk about in in different episodes or even rant about it by the end of this episode. But it's a quality fight, and I am genuinely excited for it. I think when we talk about predictions for this fight, it's I'm finding it quite difficult, and I'm not one to sit on the fence. I do want to pick a winner of how this will go down, and I think. I think that this might go to Garcia. I think Garcia might just grind Spence down over 12 rounds and pick up a unanimous decision if he can implement a game plan which involves him staying away and staying underneath that jab. If he can implement that type of a game plan where he can work the body and get the scoring shots off, then I think he's going to win via a unanimous decision. Obviously, Spence has got all the physical advantages as I've said before to win this fight quite easily but again it's down to how they implement the game plan on the night but my prediction for this particular fight will be a Garcia win over 12 rounds unanimous decision I'm not saying I'm the greatest with predictions predictions are 50-50 basically you either pick one winner or you pick the other or you pick a draw so 
you, you know, you're eight, well, it's not really 50 50, is it? But, you know, you've only really got three options essentially as to, to how you're going to go down uh, if you want to just keep it as simple as possible without going too deep into it. But I do think Gassi's going to win. So I am looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Just talking about then the, the, the rest of the card, I'm going to look through as I'm speaking and, and let, let's, let's talk about what else we've got going on in that particular card. So it's, you know, it's a great event in general and what I am looking forward to is the fact that it is quite stacked with names that UK based fans will know and obviously any USA fans that listen to the episode you'll, you'll know them even more so also on the undercard we've got super middleweight David Benavidez against Jay Leon Love which I think is a, a good matchup for Benavidez at this stage of his career we've got the bantamweight Lewis Neary undefeated in 28 fights against McJoe Ariolo who's 18-2 and two. we've got Chris Ariolo still fighting I honestly don't know why he's still fighting to be honest I thought he may have called it a day by now but he's fighting Jean-Pierre Augustine who's 17-0 with one draw and then we've got (laughs) Prince Charles Martin against Gregory Corbin who's 15-0 so Charles Martin looking to come back after that loss to Knoake uh, yeah, last year, so you know it's a decent card, and then obviously for USA fans, you'll probably know these fighters more than me. You've got Jesse Rodriguez, Fernando Garcia, Lindolfo Delgado, Amon Rashidi. You know these are all prospects coming out uh, on this particular card. Uh, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good card from from sort of top to bottom, really. And you know, as as UK fans, we won't get to see all that on ITV4, but hopefully we will get to see a few of the main fights there. And you know, genuinely, I am looking forward. To, the, to, to this bill but it's not the only thing going on this weekend because actually there's there's quite a few events and you know I wanted to obviously use the rest of the episode to kind of touch on what's going on in boxing over the course of this weekend coming up so locally where where I'm based which is Manchester in the northwest we've got two shows that I can speak of we've got the 15th of March which is tomorrow which is at the Middleton Arena where you've got Black Flash Promotions Pat Barrett former European champion that's got some of his fighters on that card with light heavyweight Lyndon Arthur uh, just on the subject of Lyndon Arthur, I don't know if anybody's seen the video of him catching the uh, little scrot who decided to try and rob his car. That was one of the funniest videos, uh, you know. I'd seen. Uh, you don't mess with a guy like that. That guy can punch. You know, you're a little eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old little scrot trying to rob someone's car, and you get caught. You know, you, literally, you could see the guy looking like he was about to shit his pants on the video, and I don't know what happened. I don't, I've not spoke to Lynn, I don't know what the outcome of that situation was, but he's basically shamed the guy in front of thousands and thousands of people on social media, and so be it, because we don't like scumbags like that anyway, to be fair. Nobody likes some scumbag who's trying to rub your car or rub your house, so fair play to him. So we've also got Adam Haig on that card, Connor Lynch, Middleton's own, Sean Fennell, Kildare Ward, another Middleton own, and we've got Harry Woods. So yeah, we've got quite a few uh, quite a few fights on that card in Middleton, uh, you know, hoping maybe to try and get down there if I can tomorrow. Uh, lots of other little shows going on around the country as well on the Friday, uh, but I'm going to move over obviously to, to to Saturday as well, and you know look at what else we've got going on throughout the course uh, of Saturday because there's you know there's some great great fights there and 
something that I've just realised that I've missed as well whilst going through it is Friday is also the DAZN matchroom card in America which I wanted to talk about so we've got the main event the super featherweight title IBF title Tevin Farmer against Ireland's John O'Carroll who's 16-0 this is a fight again that I am looking forward to I really am because as a as a as a UK based supporter and fan, I want to see John O'Carroll beat Tevin Farmer, who's got a hell of a story, by the way, if you've not already heard about it. But Tevin Farmer has has, has realised his dream and seems to be getting better with every fight that comes along. And this will be an interesting fight because John O'Carroll will certainly put it on him through the course of this fight. I hope he's able to to, to outbox him. It's going to struggle. It's going to be a difficult ask. But it's an achievable one. So there's a good one to look out there for on Friday as well. Uh, We've got Katie Taylor defending her three world titles against Rose Volante, who's 14-0. So she's got an undefeated fighter in her path. And she looks like a special talent, does Katie Taylor. And, you know, we can't big her up enough, really, on on the podcast for what she's doing in boxing at the moment. And, you know, I'm really, really chuffed for, for where she's going with her career and I really want to see some good unification fights for her. I don't know about Rose Volante so I can't really speak of how she will go on against Taylor, whether she'll give Taylor a, you know, a good 10 rounds or whether you know Taylor's just going to blast her out of there. I can't really speak for that but I know it's an undefeated fighter on paper who's obviously coming to win so it's good and it's good for Katie Taylor to be active like this we've got Gabriel Rosado on the card against uh, Masiki Saliki which will be I think will be a good fight for Rosado because Saliki's only got the one loss on his record and I think you know when you look at Rosado he's trying to have this career resurgence you know with obviously being signed to to match him in the zone you want to use that name to try and push him out there and obviously the the only loss on Saliki's record is Danny Jacobs who, who we know is fighting Canelo in, in May so you know really good fight for Rosado this and a really tough ask we've got Henry Lundy on the card we've also got Luke Campbell coming in at a very late notice to fight Adrian Young wants to keep active obviously wants his, his shot at the WBC world title which I think he will get eventually we've got Danny Lelusinov on there we've got John Joe Nevin on that card so you know, match the matchroom bill on Friday is uh, it's, it's pretty decent actually. To be fair, you know, I'm not I'm not complaining, and I think it's going to lead me into a, a an interesting topic before the end of the episode today because there was a couple of things flying around social media, and one of my reporters, Elliot Stott, asked me the question. You know, on 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 WhatsApp a couple of days ago, he wanted to know what my thoughts were on some of the upcoming matchroom UK bills against what the matchroom USA bills are, and. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna discuss that before the end of the episode because I think it's a topic that, you know, a lot of people have got an opinion on because of the quality of shows seemingly starting to fall short here in the UK. But I'm just scrolling through and, and just looking through Saturday just to pick up. I know we've got Michael Conlon fighting this week weekend. I think that's on Sunday. He's got another fight coming up, so that'll be interesting because it's uh, St Paddy's Day, which is a, an Irish celebration. If if anybody that's listening doesn't know what it is, so that'll be good to to see him fight on St Paddy's Day, and obviously that'll be a, an interesting one. Saturday we've got some other fights going on in the UK. We've got the English welterweight title, Tyrone. Nurse against Akko 
Esman. Apologies, Aku, if I've not got your name right. We've got that one going on on Saturday. We've also got a big show down at the York Hall, Bethnal Green, which is another Goodwin promoted show, Goodwin Boxing. We've got some prospects on there that we've spoken to on this podcast, funnily enough. So we've got Adrian Martin on there. So I'll be interested to see how he gets on. We've got Rames Mahmood. We've got Linus Udofia, who's looking like a fantastic talent. So I am excited to see how he gets on this weekend. Uh, we've got quite a few other great prospects on that card. So I know Elliot Stott hopefully will be down there covering that show. So there's some great coverage for you to check out on Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat's social channels. So yeah, we've got some great, great shows going on and some great events going on over the weekend. I know in Oldham, which is very close to me, we've got a VIP boxing promotion show as well. And They've got Mark Leach and Tommy Sizomba fighting for the English bantamweight title on that card. Sebastian Eubank, obviously related to Chris, of course. And then we've got a few of the great fighters on there uh, locally from Oldham. We've got the likes of Jack Kilgannon, Jake James, the return of Mark Kid Dynamite Heffron and Ken Gardner also on that card. So... You know, it's it's a very, very stacked card. And for those of you that listen to the podcast and think to yourself, I don't know who half of these fighters here he's waffling on about, go and have a look at them on BoxRec and then go and have a look at them on social media and, and have a look at a few of the fights because a lot of them are available through various sources on YouTube now, which is the beauty of, of YouTube. You can get to watch some of these fights and fighters that you might not have been able to do before. So get on there and have a look at them. It's, you know, some interesting fighters there and some ones that I've met personally and done interviews with for the YouTube channel and you know some real great guys and great talents potentially in the future. So get on there and check them out. So... Like I was saying earlier, we've got obviously Conlon fighting this weekend as well, and I'm, you know, I'm excited to see his career and, and where that's going. It's it's really starting to pick up speed now, isn't it? It's really starting to pick up that speed, and I don't know what people are making of him so far. Whether they feel is he is going to be a, a future world champion, I, I, I'd like to know what people's thoughts are on him actually, and you know, if you if you do have any thoughts on him, you know, drop me a drop me a tweet. Uh, at BTR Boxing Pod or at Sean Basto ESPR and, and let me know what you think because I don't really hear too much stuff going on about him or you know chatter about him to be honest with you and I'd like to see what other people's thoughts are on this so he's fighting Ruben Garcia Hernandez who's 24 and 3 with two draws and it's a great test for him. This is the 11th professional fight. Real great test for him. Great experience to get in there. And then also on the cards, you've got Sammy Vargas and Luis Calazo. Again, Luis Calazo, what's he doing? Still fighting. What is he doing still fighting? I remember Luis Calazo and Ricky Hatton years ago. It must have been about 2007. And I remember watching it 12 years ago when Calazo was really give Hatton a real rough time when he moved up to welterweight. And I cannot believe he's actually still scrapping. Unbelievable. Uh, Paddy Barnes for British fighters, uh, British fans, is also on that card as well, on the undercard. So that's another good one to, to look out for. But that that sort of sums up for me what's going on uh, over the weekend uh, in terms of boxing. So I wanted to really get to towards the end of the episode and, and obviously start chatting about some of the topics that people have been been discussing on social media and I know like I said Elliot asked me that question about the quality of the the, the Matchroom USA and the Matchroom UK shows and yeah I definitely want to address this and I've always said that 
when Eddie Hearn made this deal to, to, to go to the USA and start expanding across the world and Europe and however else, we was always going to, to suffer as a result of it because he's spreading his stable of fighters so thinly at the moment that we're struggling to put these bills together in the UK that are justifiable for maybe, say, box office. There's a lot of shows where you think to yourself, why the hell is this on box office? And I know there's a couple of shows coming up of his in, in March where, well, the Charlie Edwards World Title Defence, which has got Wadi Camacho and Lawrence Coli on there, which is, you know, there's a couple of good fights on that card, which I've talked about a couple of weeks ago. So that's not a bad card and that's not on box office. So I don't think that's too bad to, to criticise. But then you've got, you know, your Dave Allen and Lucas Brown card, which is in April think about the Liverpool card at the end of March where you've got Liam Smith and Sam Eggington and you've got David Price and Cash Arley on the card. What do I think about them bills? Well I think they're pretty box standard bills. I don't think they're the, the, the greatest of bills in the world but I have seen worse outputs from matchroom boxing. I have. I've seen some great outputs from matchroom boxing but I've seen some worse ones. When you compare it to, to the USA matchroom side and the the deal they've got with the zone what they've done there is they've tried to get the names that people know in america they're catering to that audience you've got to think about how many people are in the uk against how many people are in america and canada there's a hell of a lot more over in america and canada i don't know specifically how many but i know it's millions so when you think about what they're catering to they're catering to fans that won't have heard of your, your Tommy Coyles, or they won't have heard of your, your Charlie Edwards, or you won't have heard of your Lawrence Coles yet, because they've not broke ground over here enough to get the name known over there yet. So they're putting guys like Rosado on there. They, they, you know, they're putting guys like Charles Martin on there. So, you know, these these people that know in America, these fighters are known in America for one reason or another. They're known to the audiences. And that is why they're putting them on there. In business terms, it makes sense for them to do it. As a fan, and speaking from a fan perspective, it's it's shockingly shite for, for people like us in the UK because we're not getting the, the, the same marquee, more marquee known names as what they are because we're getting more of the sort of the, I've always said this, like the, the sort of the matching B team. And I don't want to be too critical when I say it. Because I'm not, I'm not here to sit here and slag Matchroom off, but I'm just addressing the points and what I feel. So I feel we're getting sort of the B team, sort of Matchroom level fighters, whereas the A team are starting to be pushed away and over to America to break that market. And eventually, the the A team will come back to the UK and we'll get a big card at Wembley where maybe Joshua fights one of the bigger names that we want him to fight. But as it stands, it looks like they're trying to push that American audience for him to try and build on a big fight with Deontay Wilder. So it's such a difficult situation as as a promoter, putting myself in a promoter's shoes. They want to get their self exposed and, and try to branch out to various different points of the world to be able to build on this brand even more. And, and obviously I know a lot about the brand awareness stuff because I'm doing it with Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat. So I know what I want to try and achieve. And in some way, they're trying to achieve 
the same as getting out everywhere, like the Matchroom Italy deal and MTK Global are another one there doing like MTK Scotland, MTK Manchester, MTK London, MTK Africa. So they're they're doing the same. They're trying to branch out to various different parts of the country and the world to expand their horizons. And what they're doing is they're getting some of the fighters over in them countries that don't have as big a promotion or they're on a very small hall promotion and they're taking them to that slightly better level which is what they're doing with the matchroom fighters. They're taking them and picking them for the small, from the small hall promotions, putting them onto this level, and then putting it out there as a Saturday night bill. And you think of all the fighters that obviously have all come from the small hall scene. Think about Josh Warrington. Think about the guy like Terry Flanagan here in the UK that have all come from small hall boxing scenes and moved their way up and got into you know the world title level. They've all come from small hall boxing scenes. Dillian White's another one. Come from the small hall boxing scene all the way up to where he is now. They've all come from the same place. But now what's happening is these big promotions uh, are obviously picking these fighters out from the smaller hall and putting them onto that level that they've got on their platform they've got. And that's where we're ending up with some shows that are real quality and some, some, some shows that are shite. And that's just it. And I'd like to hear what everyone else's opinion is on, on that and whether you think I'm just talking shit. I don't think I'm talking shit. From a business standpoint, I can understand why they do what they do. But as a fan, it affects us massively. We get shit sometimes. Sometimes get shit on more than others. Boxing fans get it the worst. <laughs> they really do get it the worst, to be honest. But I don't want to stay too much on that subject now. I think I've ranted for about five minutes on this subject and I wanted to move on. I'll just talk about a few things that have obviously come out today. Uh, Finally, we're going to get an announcement next week of Josh Warrington versus Kid Galahad, which Frank Warren has talked about scheduling a press conference for next week. Uh, The Boxing Board of Control have ordered Ryan Walsh to defend his British featherweight title against Jordan Gill. Uh, That's good. That's what we want to see. Good shot for Jordan Gill. I was speaking about this a couple of weeks ago. We've got Chris Jenkins, who recently won against Johnny Garton for the British welterweight title to defend against the mandatory Liam Taylor. So that's going to happen. Huey Fiore vacating his British heavyweight title due to injury, which leaves the path open for a potential Gorman and Dubois fight in the British heavyweight scene. So that's going to be great if that that does happen. So I'm really excited for that. We've also got moves with Billy Joe Saunders. That's been riling the news this week we've had the fact that uh, apparently he's split I don't know if that's 100% confirmed he's split with Dominic Ingle and he's now moving to Tyson Fury's trainer Ben Davison and he was up at Hatton's gym earlier this week training so make of it what you will but this proposed fight for him in the super middleweight division for the super middleweight WBO title uh, is apparently now being pushed back to May because Ramirez, Gilberto Ramirez, has said he needs to decide whether or not he's going to keep that title after his light heavyweight debut on April the 12th. So, obviously, Frank Warren's going to be hoping they he will vacate so that they can make that title fight happen. We'll see. So many politics involved, as we always talk about. Deontay Wilder then this week, uh, apparently on the verge of signing a free fight deal worth approximately $100 million. And the three fights proposed are Dominic Brazil, Anthony Joshua, and Anthony Joshua rematch. So, you know, what, what again, make of that what you will. I don't want to go too much into this bullshit because it's been going on for too long. But 100 million, does Wilder deserve 100 million? Is he really that much of a marquee name, even though he's the WBC heavyweight champion? I find it difficult to believe, but if he can get that sort of money 
fair play to him. Go and do it, my son. Go and do it. What else have we got? We've got Crawler and Lamachenko coming up in April. Uh, I've talked about this numerous amounts of times. I know Crawler well. He's such a great guy. People have been slating him on social media for taking the fight, saying it's career suicide. Well, let's just be honest. Crawler's coming to the end of his career anyway. Whether people think it's suicide or not career-wise, what else will he have left to give after this even if he was to cause the upset and win, if he won this fight against Lomachenko, oh man, I'd just retire there and then. I'd retire there and then with all that money in my pocket and retire after beating a pound-for-pound, well, not undefeated, but pound-for-pound fighter in the world. I'd just say, that's it, I'm done. I've achieved everything I want to achieve. I'm done. That's what I would do. But I struggle to see how Crawler will beat Lomachenko. So... In that sense, I hope he gets uh, a good showing off him and I hope he's able to do himself justice and get a good payday out of it. Maybe have a fight or two more, I don't know. Maybe something a bit more like a Ricky Burns rematch. I don't know. I'm, I'm clutching the straws a little bit here. But yeah, I think maybe Crawler still probably has something left even if he goes out on his shield against Lomachenko. So there's loads of news. Loads of news that I've obviously not been able to speak about on the podcast of the past couple of weeks. We've talked about Anthony Yard in the past and about when the hell is he going to step up and fight a legitimate fighter, not some of the tomato cans he's been in with. And I'm not saying that's his fault or his team's fault, but I don't know what goes on behind closed doors with him, so I don't know who's at fault as to why he's still not had this big fight. But now they're saying he he is going to fight and he's going to fight Sergei Kovalev because the WBO have officially ordered him to defend his light heavyweight title against Anthony Yard and they've got 30 days now to negotiate and then the purse big will be called so that is a very 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 interesting fight and a fight which I think could be timing all about timing Kovalev I've said before I think he's not the same fighter he once was and if Anthony Yard does have a special talent about him We'll get to see it in that fight. That will be the perfect opportunity for him to to showcase his skill. And if he could dispatch of someone like Kovalev, people might say, oh, well, Kovalev was done. But you know, he won his world title back. He won his world title back against Alvarez recently. So he's not done. He looks like he's got a little bit left over in the tank. But if Yard was to beat him, then that makes it even better for Yard because he's getting an absolute shoo-in about the level of opponents he's been in with and I'm one of them that shoes it because I don't like it I want to see him in better opponents better opposition there's plenty of domestic opposition he could have been in with by now so yeah I hope it definitely happens because that would be absolutely fantastic so yeah lots of news coming out this week and uh, I don't think I've got anything else as such I I wanted to address on this week's episode Um, I noticed a few bits going around about the Spence Garcia fighting something to do with Spence making some sort of racial reference about his people of his colour not supporting him or going against the grain or some bullshit like that and I think I just wanted to sort of give my thoughts uh, on that a little bit because it's always a very touchy subject when it comes to, to race and the, the shit that goes on in this country alone, never mind America, this country alone has its fair share of problems with racial tensions. So I wanted to address that that fact. And I know, obviously, Deontay Wilder said a few things in the past where I felt like 
you know, why do you have to bring race into it? Like, why do you have to bring previous oppressions into boxing? Because it's got, for me, it's got nothing to do with the the racial factor of it. So I've just loaded this tweet up now, and it says, my people stay going against the grain. I don't know if I'm interpreting that right, but I think he's referring to the fact that people uh, uh, of his own skin colour and ethnicity are not, not supporting him. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. I think it's that. If it is, if he's, he's chatting shit about people not supporting him of his own skin colour and whatnot, I don't think that's got anything to do with the the, the fact that, that he's... You know, I don't. I honestly don't think it's got anything to do with race, me. To be honest with you, I think it's just bullshit. If that's the case, it's just bullshit. It's just there's just no need to bring race into a fight like this. Do you know what I mean? They're both of ethnicity. They've both got ethnicity, and then one of them's black, and one of them's I think he's Mexican American. So, you know, why bring this sort of bullshit into the fact that you've got two genuine, pros- well, not prospects, great champions, two genuine great champions there that have got. Fantastic careers to date, going in against each other. Why bring that bullshit into it? It happens all the time. It happens in day-to-day life. People bring this race factor in it, and it's like they need a reason to get out of an argument that they can't win. So they throw the race factor into it, and that—that's something that's always, always pissed me off. And one of my friends told me a story once, and I'll share it with you. So. He goes to a, a local market, and uh, in this particular area, they've got quite a lot of uh, uh, Africans that have, have obviously came over and tried to make a better life for themselves. And you know, completely different culture. And I can't sit here and speak for what the what the upbringing they've had and and how hard they must have had it in their lives. But he went to the market, and there was a guy trying to haggle with a market trader. Now. You know, if you know, if you go to the market, you know, you always do a bit of haggling, or you go to places where you can do a bit of haggling. So the guy who was white, the market trader, said to the African man, you know, no, I'm not. You know, this is how much the price is for this particular item. You know, not doing it any cheaper for you. The African man started to get a bit irate, started to get a bit pissed off. You know, trying to haggle and haggle and haggle, and he weren't getting anywhere. So basically. He turns around to the market trader and says, it's because I'm black, it's because I'm African, you don't like my people, you don't like me. And the white guy turned around to me and went, you know what, mate, it's got absolutely nothing to do with the fact that you are black, that you are African, you are just being a damn right prick. And that, that for me, <laughs> it sometimes is the situation. So why bring race into these fights like this? Why bring a racial you know, spouting bullshit into this stuff? Just enjoy the fact that you're in a huge fight, getting a great payday against a great fighter, and bring the bullshit into it. It's just bullshit. They did it with Fury and Wilder as well. Bullshit. I can't stand it. Don't spoil the sport. Sometimes, in historical boxing events there's been some political issues think about joe lewis and max schmelling you know that was obviously a completely different period of time but that was very relevant think about the great jack johnson you know being the first black heavyweight champion recently getting pardoned by donald trump you know there's there's different significance in different times to it but in this day and age Fucking hell, man! Come on, get a grip, will you? Stop using this bullshit to, to, you know, to push your own agendas out there. Absolute bullshit. 
anyway, I've had enough. I'm not going to talk any more about it. So there's lots of other bits that have gone on. Maybe stuff that I've not picked up on. There's a lot to to have covered. If I've missed anything and you've got any questions for me, then drop me a tweet at Sean Basto ESBR or at BTR Boxing Pod. More than happy to, to obviously have a discussion with you over certain situations and subjects. I'm very passionate about certain things in life and I love having chats and debates with people. Really, really good and I think it's very stimulating, providing it's within reason. Again, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. It's been a couple of weeks. I feel a bit rusty, to be honest, you know, doing it. And with me being on my own in this episode, sometimes it's very difficult to fill that void. But I hope I've been able to cover off as much as possible for you. And as always, make sure you go on and find us on Podbean or CastBox. Or if you're an iPhone user, you've got the Apple Podcast app. Go on, click subscribe, leave us a rating, leave us a review listen to the episode, share it with your friends, share it on social media, ask any questions you want to ask, let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. That is the whole point of engagement. That is the whole point of it. So, for you guys that are listening, that have listened, that have stuck with us, that are new to us, all I've got to say is thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to getting back to it over the next couple of weeks. I should be back to you in a few days' time with a reaction show to this weekend's action, and then we'll get them Legendary Nights episodes out. I'm going to be speaking to Mr. James Lights Out Tony very soon as well, and doing a Life and Times of, so I'm really excited for that. So, as always, guys, we're going forward. We've got Errol Spence Jr. versus Mikey Garcia. Who's going to win this one? We'll find out on Saturday night. Podcast Network.